Live from Houston, Texas, a show for local business owners. This is Business Houston Podcast. If you're a small or medium-sized business, this is your source for trends, interviews, and tips for winning in today's economic climate. Presented by the BBB for Greater Houston and South Texas. You're listening to Business Houston, and this is your host, Matt Bertram. And we're live. All right, this is Matt Bertram with Business Houston Podcast. We have another episode, and I have Rachel Rose here, um, attorney at law. Um, Rachel, it's good to have you with us. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here and also to be part of the BBB community. Absolutely. Well, Rachel, you know, um, we, I have you on the, on the call. Um, we are all audio today. Uh, I do have your, your website pulled up. Um, why don't I, I was, I was reading through it. I really some interesting stuff going on right now, uh, in the, um, in the, I guess the sec, the, the stock market, like what's going up, uh, on Washington. I don't know if we want to touch any of that today, but, um, maybe tell us a little bit about, uh, yourself and your passion why you got started in your practice to just get us started. It's my pleasure, Matt. So as you can tell by my degree set, I have both an MBA and a law degree. And I was fortunate to obtain my MBA from Vanderbilt and also work at Goldman Sachs. So it's ironic that you brought up the macro landscape that we're dealing with in terms of the volatility in the markets and the types of trades that are going on right now which the White House and the SEC have both honed in on. But what led me to go to law school was, in fact, giving people a voice who did not have one. And one of my areas of interest, both professionally and academically, has always been the healthcare industry. And because of my own personal experiences and professional experiences, I really focus both in my MBA as well as in my law degree on healthcare law and securities as well. So my practice, as you can see, primarily focuses on compliance, transactional and litigation aspects of healthcare, cybersecurity, securities law, and the False Claims Act and Dodd-Frank. I've also taught bioethics here in Houston at Baylor College of Medicine, for the past eight years. And professionally, that's one of the most rewarding things that I get to do. Gosh, Rachel, I, I, I'm so interested in, in, in this conversation and I want to make sure that, um, you, you know, we follow uh, the format and, and make sure that, um, you know, we, we really highlight your business. Cause I think, uh, you, you have just a, a really interesting skill set. Could you talk a little bit about the type of uh, clients that that you work with maybe here locally or nationally and and kind of what your practice looks like so people can understand with all this experience you have who you can help most that's a great question Matt and other lawyers have said that I have a very unique skill set first as you may be aware approximately 25 percent of business school classes are historically, female. And so to have a woman with both a law degree and an MBA is even a smaller segment of the professional population. And so my clients range from locally, I've helped physicians, I've helped tech companies, I've helped whistleblowers, 
nationally and internationally. I've also helped a variety of corporations in different phases, ranging from initial phase to startup to growth phase, and then into their final plateau, so to speak, where they reach maturity before they really have their exit event or carry on in the sector that they're in. But I've been very fortunate to integrate my healthcare knowledge as well as my securities knowledge and having worked for the government, both in Congress and at the Department of Health and Human Services. And then whenever I was studying law abroad in London, I interned at the Royal College of Nursing and was able to write policy papers. So my experience has been very broad. And because of that, I'm able to bring a vantage point to a variety of clients, my corporate clients and my physician clients, I deal with from both my MBA hat and my law degree hat. When I'm dealing more with a whistleblower, that's typically more of pure law degree and not so much the MBA and the law. So I do everything and I've handled a lot of different transactions as well as compliance. I do a lot of risk analyses for cybersecurity compliance and HIPAA compliance, as well as some Foreign Corrupt Practices Act compliance. And then when the need arises, I litigate on both sides of the aisle. It just depends. And then do a lot of work collaboratively with the United States Department of Justice, as well as the Securities and Exchange Commission. Wow. You know, my my head's definitely spinning. Um, I, I can tell you, you, you would be somebody great to be on uh, any board as like a maybe a, a fractional, um, uh, what is it called? A fractional. But but tell me, give me like use cases, right? Like, you know, not maybe no names of clients, but tell me some examples in some of the different areas, uh, whether it be physician, uh, small business, so people can wrap their head around, hey, I have an issue. And, uh, um, you know, Rachel Rose can help me, right? Because like, it's it's so broad. I'm, I want to try to put it into to buckets of maybe, okay, I'm dealing with this situation. I understand maybe the whistleblower situation or something on, on kind of wall street. Um, but like, you know, the, the, the primary like, um, type of clients that you manage maybe in, in healthcare and business, what does that look like? What are some problems they might be dealing with? Um, or even give us like a, a use case so people can understand, Hey, I need to talk to you. So in terms of transactional work is you can imagine whether it's healthcare or technology, there's a lot of contracting that goes on. And along those lines, both healthcare and cybersecurity have a lot of regulations associated with them. So I will work with my clients whenever drafting their contracts or reviewing contracts that they're given by either their clients or business associates that they want to do business with from that standpoint. For physicians specifically, that's a whole different area because as I mentioned before, healthcare is very highly regulated and physicians in particular really need to be conscious of the Stark Law and then the federal anti-kickback statute, which can either carry civil liability for Stark and anti-kickback or under the anti-kickback statute, that's actually a criminal statute as well. So it's imperative to construct 
your business arrangements and your contracts, and then the related policies and procedures to adhere to the relevant rules and regulations. Now, from a HIPAA and a cybersecurity standpoint, I do review contracts, but I also really enjoy doing the risk analyses and the internal training for organizations, as well as working with them collaboratively to come up with policies and procedures and really working with them on a regular basis because the laws are so dynamic right now and the landscape is so fluid that they really need to be amenable to change and not just something set. So I'm very fortunate once I start working with clients to build that trust, which in any business is imperative. And they, my clients have referred me to other clients or they will start asking me to help them in other areas, which are within my scope of practice, which is very nice. In terms of False Claims Act litigation, I have a very significant case that is out from under seal that I partnered with a great law firm out of Dallas on because we had to go through litigation with the False Claims Act. And that's moving forward. That's in Fort Worth. And that is against JPS Health System. I normally don't necessarily sue health systems. Like I said, oftentimes I'm on the other side being more collaborative. It just depends on the facts and circumstances of any case. No, absolutely. Yeah. The word I was looking for was general counsel, just because your, your experience is, is so broad. I'm, I'm looking at your website and, you know, it, and, and again, to give people a flavor for kind of the type of work you can do, maybe um, you can uh, talk about some of these uh, publications. Um, that that um you've been a part of and uh just again i think your experience is so broad and i think people kind of hearing all the different things you've did they'll 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 in their head go hey i need to talk to her so over the past let's see since about 2007 when i was in law school i've always been focused on legal writing and i've been very fortunate to be published in different law review journals. I oftentimes collaborate with my friend and colleague at Baylor College of Medicine, who I've co-instructed with, Dr. Joseph Cass. As you can see here, ethical challenges for the medical expert witnesses. Dr. Cass uh, also has a law degree, so he and I really have a complementary degree set and skill set, which has been very well received. And as you can see, we've been published in the American Medical Association Journal, which is very prestigious. I've also been fortunate to be published in the Federal Bar Association's Federal Lawyer on a variety of different topics, ranging from cybersecurity, as you can see here, as well as Dodd-Frank um, in different areas along those lines as well. No, absolutely. I think that um, it's just so impressive. One of the things with um, the Better Business Bureau and being an accredited member that we look for is something called EAT, uh, expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. And that that's actually something that Google looks for. But, um, you know, the Better Business Bureau kind of embodies a lot of that. And, you know, maybe kind of you could talk about that a little bit in your own words, but really, I mean, your website uh, presents that as well as, you know, um, 
you're an authority in the space. You've published many publications uh, and uh, you have a really diverse background, but maybe if you could talk a little bit um, about maybe what the Better Business Bureau means to you and being an accredited member. So I think if I were to change the acronym, I would make it T instead of EAT because I believe that trust is the foundation to any relationship, whether it's a personal, whether it's a friendship, or whether it is a business relationship. If you don't have trust, then the dynamics between the parties will crumble and it's going to be on uneven foundation. What I have found through the Better Business Bureau is that you do a lot of due diligence into the people that you give your seal to. So almost like Consumer Report in that ranking, people who view my site or go to the BBB site know that the individuals and the businesses that are being listed have met a certain criteria. And I think, especially in today's world, that's exceptionally important. And that's one way right off the bat that I can instill trust with my clients. You mentioned expertise and authoritativeness, and I've been quoted multiple times as an expert in a variety of different publications, ranging from Financial Times publications to the Washington Times to Med Economics, it just depends. But basically, that same expertise that I bring, I've seen through the BBB in terms of member enrichment and in turn community enrichment. And one that really stood out to me was that in light of the cybersecurity landscape, the BBB brought in a cybersecurity expert from the FBI's Houston office. And they have a great office in Houston. And I think just giving that lens and using your authoritativeness to bring in subject matter experts enriches all of us. No, thank you so much um, for sharing. Um, you know, I was looking at kind of the pre-interview questions. That's what I was kind of trying, trying to look for earlier. And, and, you know, COVID is something that's affecting all businesses today. And, um, you know, can you talk about how uh, that's impact, impacting maybe your business and maybe some of your clients? Absolutely. So if you want to go to the top of my webpage, since you have it up, I have COVID mm -hmm. resources identified there. And those are just some articles and some presentations that I have given throughout the past year on COVID. And how has that impacted my business? Well, first and foremost, unfortunately, with any adverse event, there's always opportunity. And because I deal with a lot of different people who work in the healthcare sector, and the healthcare sector mm -hmm. is approximately 18% of our GDP. So it's very vast. And that's not just our frontline workers or hospitals, that's pharma companies. Those are technology companies that are business associates. So one area that I have seen is an increase in my need for services in terms of revamping policies and procedures, making sure that an organization's telework policy is accurate yeah. up 
to date, making sure that their remote workers have those adequate safeguards because as the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security and CISA have articulated, there's really a vulnerability that can be exploited in remote telework. And because of that, I've seen an increase in more of the compliance and the transactional side. I've also seen an increase in my False Claims Act cases and Dodd-Frank cases where there has been a violation related to a PPP loan, for example, or Mm -hmm. a CARES Act violation or a government procurement violation. So I've seen an uptick. I've also been contacted as an expert by local governments, for example, saying we're getting conflicting advice either from our council or the state and then the feds. How do we reconcile all of this? So for me, it's been fascinating. And it's also very gratifying to know that I'm considered an expert and that people trust my opinion. No, absolutely. So for all the kind of other BBB members and small business owners out there that are listening uh, to this, what's maybe one one piece of advice that they can take away from this podcast that that they can maybe uh, go implement in their business or they need to be looking out for? You've been talking about, you know, working uh, remotely, talking about PPP loans. I mean, there's just a, a wealth of knowledge and expertise that you have. I mean, is there anything that you want to make sure to uh, communicate that that they might need to be looking out for? I would say the number one item is cybersecurity. And I would encourage every organization to come up with a checklist with the basic technical, administrative, and physical safeguards that every remote worker should be meeting. Now, obviously, there are different challenges depending on a city someone lives in. For example, as we know, more people in New York live in smaller spaces versus in Houston, where we have a larger space available. And so some of those parameters are going to have to be curtailed. But really, cybersecurity is the number one item that businesses should be focused on. Absolutely. So, so Rachel, tell, tell us a, a little bit about maybe, um, I, I know that you you're you're very active with the publications and talks. Is there anything that's coming up? Because I I we're kind of coming to the end of the podcast here, and I feel like we've just gotten started. There's just a wealth of knowledge that you have that you can share. And if if people want to learn more, um, you know, what's maybe the best way to contact you or hear more about what you've done, or again, read more about your work. I know that um, rvrose.com. Uh, is is your website and you have a lot of those presentations and publications there but what you know where are some maybe other places and what's the best way to get in contact with you so you pulled up on the screen the fundamental information there so my phone number and a good email is listed i also would articulate that I'm very fortunate to present to a large variety of different organizations. So in February alone, I am presenting for first healthcare compliance. And I know I have one presentation coming up on HIPAA in the time of COVID on February the 2nd. I'm also presenting for law practice CLE, my law CLE, 
the Federal Bar Association, and NAMIS. So those are five different organizations, and I would encourage anyone to uh, Google that or keep abreast of my website on the homepage, and I usually update my upcoming presentations on there. For, for all of you listening, it's rvrose.com. And the phone number is 713-907-7224. Oh, sorry. 713-907-7442. That's 713-907-7442. Rachel, is there there, uh, anything else that you would like to share before we go? It's great having you on. And um, this was a pleasure. The one item that I really would like to highlight is my work with the Federal Bar Association, as well as having been able to serve as a Southwest Regional Board member for UNICEF and a lot of work with the Junior League of Houston. I think now civics is very important. And for those of you who are looking for ways to educate yourself on various civics initiatives, I'm very fortunate to do work with the Houston Bar Association and reach out to various schools in the area. But the Federal Bar Association really has a robust civics initiative that addresses a lot of the fundamentals of our Constitution and of our government. And I would encourage everyone to visit the Federal Bar Association's website for that information. Well, fantastic. Rachel Rose, thank you so much for uh, being on Business Houston Podcast. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you, Matt. Thanks so much for listening. Business Houston puts a spotlight on local, small, and medium-sized business, interviewing those successful business owners in Houston and those business owners that are winning in today's economic climate. Business Houston is presented to you by the BBB of Greater Houston and South Texas. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Hugh Biz Podcast. That's H-O-U Biz Podcast. Till next time, this is Business Houston.